This is the Savvy Parent Podcast, where lawyer and financial planning expert Shannon McNulty and her guests share tips on how to make smart legal and financial decisions for your family. On this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Robin Fleischner, adoption and surrogacy attorney. She discusses the critical areas that families in the LGBTQ community need to know when it comes to forming your family. Ultimately, you want to ensure that you establish legal parentage to your child, no matter how they enter this world. And she and Shannon discuss recent court cases and legislation that you want to be aware of. Robin helps us understand some of the critical areas that LGBTQ parents and parents-to-be need to understand. Enjoy the episode. Well, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Shannon, as always, welcome back. Thanks, Sarah. So Robin, before we get into our discussion today, can you please share a little bit with our listeners about your areas of specialty as a lawyer? I'd be happy to. So uh, for the past 30 years, my life's work as an attorney has been forming families through adoption and now more and more through assisted reproduction, including sperm, egg, and embryo donation and surrogacy. Um, I have a boutique law firm. It's a small law firm, and um, it's really my privilege to help create families. I love that. I love how you say forming families and creating families. That It, it gives me chills. That really is such a, a special area of law that you practice. So can you just start by talking with us a little bit about legal parentage and rights specifically for LGBTQ parents? Absolutely. So in the brave new world of family formation, it is critical for parents to establish their legal parentage to their children. This is particularly important for LGBTQ families because uh, their family formation is fragile and their legal parentage is fragile. It's important when people create their families to explore how they are going to assert their parentage. So, for example, in adoption, you can adopt as a single, you can adopt as a a heterosexual married couple, you can adopt um, uh, as an unmarried couple in most states. An order of adoption from a court establishes you as the parents of the child. In assisted reproduction, you are often using a third party to create your family. Uh, So for example, for um, a lesbian couple, one one of the uh, partners will be the gestating partner. She will gestate the child. And the other one, so the one who gives birth to the child will automatically have legal parentage. The other partner needs to establish parentage. If you are married, the the Supreme Court has ruled that uh, gay marriage is a con- marriage is a constitutional right, no matter what your sexual orientation is, and that uh, same sex couples have the right to be the parents of their children, uh, not only to marry, but that the product of their marriage uh, that they be the legal parents of their kids. In particular, Justice Kennedy, when he wrote the Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage noted that it was it would be unfair for children 
of same-sex couples to have lesser rights than the children of opposite-sex married couples, and that was a that was a um, that was a major part of, this, of of the Supreme Court's decision that children deserve to have legal parents who are responsible responsible for them, who have rights and responsibilities. So, in in right now, in the going through the court system in our country is a is a case where uh, a same sex couple, two women, the non gestating mom was denied was denied by the state of Indiana her right to have her name put on her child's birth certificate. This is a married couple. Uh, it's, it was litigated in the federal court in Indiana, and the court ruled that the state of Indiana's action denying a married mother placement on her child's birth certificate as the legal parent was a denial of her constitutional right under the Supreme Court decision. And the state of Indiana appealed that decision to actually to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, and um, this, the United States Supreme Court uh, refused to hear the case. They uh, they basically, so the lower court case, the lower federal court case stands that a married mother in Indiana, whether she's married to a man or a woman, has the right to have her name on her child's birth certificate. But um, birth certificates are only rebuttable evidence of, uh, of parentage. The, for same-sex couples, it's really important that they have a court order of legal parentage. So either an adoption or an order of parentage is critical in order to establish, because an order from a court is irrebuttable proof of your parentage. And we'll, we'll get into that a little more. I, I want to go back to this, this case that attempted to go to the Supreme Court. It may seem obvious, but why is this ruling so important to these families that you work with that it was upheld that this woman in this same-sex marriage had the right to have her name on her child's birth certificate? Why is this so important? It, it's critical because I think, first of all, because our the United States Supreme Court has ruled that same-sex couples have a constitutional right to the same, uh, same-sex couples have the, the, a constitutional right to marriage and to, um, and to um, have their, confer on their children the rights that all children have, whether they're born into a same-sex uh, couple or a born into a family of uh, opposite-sex uh, parents. And to deny if a uh, in Indiana if the if the Indiana state ruling that uh, not allowing the sing, the same sex mom to be on her child's birth certificate if that had if that had not been uh, held unconstitutional she would have had to adopt her child and um, she would have been forced to adopt her child now. In reality, we always recommend that the non-gestating mom either adopt or get an order of parentage, but um, to have to go through additional steps to get on her child's birth certificate 
is really it's a it's it's a real denial of of basic uh, human rights. Absolutely. Now you've started to touch on this a little bit, but can you help our listeners in the LGBTQ community really understand what they need to know um, from a legal standpoint when it comes to step parent adoption, co parent adoption, to make sure that legally these pieces are are really taken care of. So I would say. Same-sex couples really need to confer with an attorney to ascertain um, what steps they need to take to have irrebuttable proof of their parentage of their kids. So, for example, um, right now, both New York and New Jersey have passed legislation, recent legislation that, um, that speaks to this. In New Jersey, we, we now have a streamlined process for, um, for lesbian couples to um, both have an order of parentage. Uh, it's actually an order of adoption. It, it, in, a, uh, in, a, in a garden variety adoption in New Jersey, adoptive parents have to go through the very invasive procedure of a home study and criminal and child abuse clearances and references and medical certificates. It's very invasive. New Jersey now has a very streamlined process for lesbian couples. Uh, it's a confirmatory adoption. Basically, the court, if the, the family shows how they became parents through, um, through what means, and um, the court doesn't require criminal clearances, child abuse clearances, a home study. Basically, the court gives them a very streamlined co-parent adoption order, which is really helpful. In New York, we just passed a comprehensive law uh, regarding children born through assisted reproduction. And by design, gay families are going to have children through the assistance of assisted reproduction, whether it's sperm donation, egg donation, surrogacy, um, their gay families are going to be formed with third-party reproduction. Um, and the New York law really could be a national model. Um, it really covers all forms of family formation and comes up with rules about who is a parent. So gay families can obtain orders of parentage in New York really based on intention. They, they, they have to, sh they show their intention to the court through an agreement, like an egg donation agreement, a sperm donation agreement, outlining what the who, who will be the intended parents and who is just donating gametes, um, even with surrogacy, who is just gestating the child. Um, the New York court will now grant an order of parentage for these children and they will have full legal standing and their parents will have full legal parentage, um, which is a really enormous step and very important in today's world. I just want to ask you, because I think this is something we had when talking about the other day, of um, this is kind of, this issue of parentage and assistive reproductive technology and IVF are something that also applies, these issues also come up in the context of heterosexual couples married couples. Um, but there are already laws that make presumptions about that parentage, whereas 
previously they didn't with respect to same-sex couples. Does this now kind of put on even playing, put both types of married couples on an even playing field? Is that kind of what the gist of these legislative changes is? Well, in part, and you're absolutely right. The only laws on the books previous to um, changes in New York and New Jersey law, the only law on the book was if a woman is uh, inseminated with sperm, not her husband's, in a medical facility, her husband is presumed to be the father of the child. That was the archaic, that was the only assisted reproduction law on the books for decades in, uh, in New York and New Jersey. Now, uh, and a, just as a matter of presumption, by the way, a child born in wedlock is presumed to be the child of, of the married couple. So a husband is presumed to be the legal father of the child. Now, with these new laws in place, married couples, whether you, the presumption that was awarded to heterosexual married couples is now uh, given to same-sex couples who are married. So this, it does put them on an even playing field. And it, it, it basically legislates something that's been in effect for decades, but really we didn't have any laws to keep up with the medical technology and also with social mores because today with same-sex marriage, it is an even playing field. It is for rights and responsibilities for the parents and for the children as it should be. Now, we're talking a lot here about New Jersey and New York, which is where you both are located, and that's fantastic. Can you speak to, um, is this happening across the country? Are we seeing this trend of states creating more legislature that protects the the family rights for these same-sex couples who are wanting to create families? Y- yes, this is, a, this is an emerging area of the law. Uh, after the Supreme Court decision requiring states to perform same-sex marriages, States had to had to start dealing with this uh, new reality, um, and I think ultimately we should we should we should have started out by saying that adoption and um, parentage are matters of state law. So that is why, although there are certain constitutional rights like the right to marriage. The administration of these, you go to city hall or you go to, you, you go state by state and city by city, people are, uh, it's a matter of state and city law, how people get married and how people become parents. Um, so, um, but I guess, I think that across the country, we are seeing an acceptance of gay marriage, an acceptance of gay families, an acceptance of third party reproduction. And um, states are having to grapple with how they legislate this new way that people become parents. Yeah. So for our listeners who are not in New Jersey or New York, we definitely recommend looking into getting a local lawyer to assist you and be really clear. Absolutely. Because every state does this differently. And so, you know, I there are... Uh, I'm a fellow of the Academy of Adoption and Assisted Reproduction Attorneys, and there are there there are skilled attorneys in every state who can help you 
ensure that you have legal rights of parentage to your child. So it sounds like you would recommend that someone look into finding a lawyer who this is their area of specialty, perhaps uh, not going with a general lawyer, but really looking into someone Absolutely. who practices Absolutely. this type. You want, an, you want a, a family formation lawyer. And I mean, I, I'll put in a plug for Shannon here. When you're doing your estate planning, which is a, an important part of this, you know, um, and maybe Shannon, you could speak to, you know, the kinds of advice you give to clients. but in terms of being a parent, it's very important. And we have this like in surrogacy agreements, you need to have a, a estate planning documents in place to, to, um, to prepare, prepare for you becoming a parent and, and the eventuality of God forbid your death. I mean, Shannon, do you want to speak a little bit about the estate planning aspects of this? Sure. Yeah. I have a lot of clients um, who are kind of coming to come to me with questions about this. And um, there are a couple of issues that come up. One is when I think the issue that you were talking about before is that when you have a same-sex couple, particularly when you have um, a gestating parent and then the other parent who are same-sex couples, then the you you need to have one that person on the birth certificate. You need to have both parents' names on the birth certificate, which was I think the issue um, in Indiana. But also that's just not sufficient. So if one of the uh, parents passed away, so specifically if the gestating parent passed away, um, they're very concerned about what are the rights of the other parent, and just being on the birth certificate is not enough. And previously, you would have to go through, that parent would have to go through a second parent adoption, which is, as you mentioned, can be pretty invasive and a long process. Um, whereas with this new um, legislative provision, that they're able to do this in a much more streamlined fashion. So I think that's great news for my clients uh, because it's a lot less expensive, I'd imagine, and just a lot less paperwork and a lot less time to have that process. The other thing that I would say is an issue is where a lot of times I have, it's not really uh, sort of same sex couples. It can be, but sometimes just a single parent. So I have a lot of clients who are parents, are single parents by choice, and they have, and they have a surrogacy and, or a sperm donor. And um, it's really important that is particularly important that they have an estate plan in place because if they just have the one parent. And so if something happens to them, then, then they're, they're really, that the child could be in really dire straits. Shannon, on that note, by the way, one part of the legislate of these legi- legislation that's really important is for, for single moms um, in New York, we had, it was a single mom could not terminate the parental rights of a known sperm donor previously. And now she could only use anonymous sperm. Um, she couldn't, if she used a known sperm donor, there was always a risk that the known sperm donor could claim rights. Well, and, I feel like there's like another whole podcast in here. <laughs> and uh, there is. But anyway, for it, that is part of parentage. You want to be able to terminate the rights of the person who is not who does not intend to be the parent 
and you want to establish the rights of the person who wants to be a parent. That's great. What do you advise parents and intended parents in assisted reproduction arrangements? What do you advise them about guardianship for their children? Because I think that's the purpose of estate planning. That's a major part of estate planning for um, children. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, guardianship, it's a really important issue, just like it is for any other parents. Um, I think that when you have a single parent, in some ways, it's easier because you don't have two people who need to agree on it. (laughs) And that's often a source of contention with parents um, that they want one side of the family to somebody wants somebody from their side of the family to be the guardian and the other uh, parent wants somebody from their side of the family to be a guardian. So in some ways, it's a lot simpler. I think that where, um, and this is the really danger, there's, there's this odd time period in the surrogacy where there's a pregnancy and the intended parent, but the intended parent could pass away during that time, right? And yes. so literally you can have a child born with no parents. And so that's where I think it's so crucial to make sure that you have everything in place to make sure that that child is taken care of regardless of what happens. So I think that's probably where that the requirement that there be a will in place and the, the surrogacy agreement. But I would kind of go further and say, you know, beyond just like a simple will, you want to make sure like that child will be completely taken care of if something happened to you during that time. So, uh, so I think it just goes to the importance of having those documents in place. And it's a great time if you are going through this process to just get all of your ducks in a row. Absolutely. And as we've done this show, Shannon and I at times have said, well, this is a DIY area. This one is not. Do not DIY this. (laughs) Find a very skilled lawyer in this particular area who can guide you through this. So Robin, you've shared so much great information today. As we wrap this up, can you give us one or two takeaways really that our listeners, our LGBTQ parents really need to understand about their legal rights or areas to think about related to forming their family? Um, I would say the most important thing is that you need to ensure that you, you establish legal parentage to your child. And I would recommend consulting with an attorney who can help you come up with a plan to make sure, A, that you get on your child's birth certificate, and B, that you either get an order of adoption order, or an order of parentage in order to um, have irrefutable proof that you are your child's parent. I love that. That's a great takeaway. Well, Robin, thank you so much for your time today. We've really appreciated it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Robin. It was great having you on. Good to speak with you. Thank you again to adoption and surrogacy attorney, Robin Fleischner, for joining us today. If you'd like more information on estate planning and to join our free community, visit us at thesavvyparent.us.